so Raymond. I know the 49ers got their asses kicked on Sunday. But yes, to no one's surprise, by the way, to no one's surprise. But there is a silver lining to all this. What's that? The Seahawks lost two, baby. That's a great silver lining. Absolutely. So today's episode of the Goldcast is sponsored by the Seahawks losing. Sometimes you just need the Seahawks to lose to brighten your day up just a little bit more. All right, Raven. Now, before we get started with today's episode, why don't you let them know where can they find us? You can follow us on Instagram at the Goldcast, and you can also follow us on Twitter at the underscore Goldcast. And be sure to subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere that podcasts are syndicated. We are there at the handle the Goldcast. Like, subscribe, and comment on YouTube, and hit the little notification bell so you can get live updates on when our episodes go to the interwebs on the line, as they like to say, um, and be a part of the discussion in the comment section because it helps feed the algorithm. All right, absolutely. And so, as you all know, this was a tough game, but to lighten it up, we have a special guest, uh, someone who's never been on the show before, our dear lifelong brotherhood friend, deep, deep fan of the 49ers, and one of the funniest, coolest guys we know, Sean Shipley is going to be joining us, a special guest for the Goldcast. Uh, he wanted to hop on and just talk Niner, talk with us, and he can hang with the best of them. So this is a great conversation that we have. We really look forward to you guys hearing him. It's just making his debut to the Goldcast, our friend Sean Shipley. And of course, the greatest fanalist in the game. He's in the building. You're professor of fanalism. I'm here too. Class is in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa first, baby. And for the first time, Making his debut, a lifelong friend, a brother, a brotherhood, if you will, our yes. boy, Sean Shipley. What's up, buddy? How's it going, my friends? Oh, man. So good to have you. My two uh, brothers from a different mother. It's been a long, long time. It's nice to catch up with you guys. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it absolutely is. Uh, what a season, huh, Sean? <laughs> yeah, I wish it was on a more positive note. <laughs> There's a reason why I'm drinking scotch uh, on a Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, it is. Uh, so first of all, all right. I, I want to. I just want to get your take on 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 a couple things real quick. All right. So that last season, how how badass was last season? Let's just start there. Let's start with the positive first. So that season was incredible. I mean, the defense was, you know, undeniable. It was amazing. The whole team in general just had a great vibe about it. There was an energy. I just equated to, like, it's just everything bounced our way. Like, every time a ball went out of bounds, it bounced in our favor. It was just, it was, everything was on our side. It was destiny. Yeah. And I feel we, sh we should have won the Super Bowl. I mean, if we just, <laughs> and we'll get back to the reasons as to why, but I feel like if we have more of a killer instinct, you know, you, we could really could have like carried that momentum even further, but it was an unfortunate, you know, of course, anytime it ends in the Super Bowl loss, especially for a 49er fan, it 
it's really rough because <laughs> especially us, we were raised to see like greatness. Yeah. And the idea of the Niners never losing a Super Bowl and now we've had to witness two. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 rough. It's very rough. And going into this <laughs> season, I don't know about you. I, I pretty much assumed we were going back. I was like, we're going back. They're like, this yeah. is, we're, we're going to go. We're, Everyone we're, we're, was healthy <laughs> at the beginning of the season. Everyone was healthy. Heard was coming that coming out. Yeah. DeForest Buckner was the only guy that was gone. <laughs> right. And we replaced him with Kinlaw. Yeah. Yeah. And look at Ayuk is filling in well for, for Sanders. I mean, Ayuk's a star. He's a stud. He's going to he's gonna be for years to come. Um, For sure. I mean, there was a lot of promise coming in. I was excited about Heard. I mean, that's a big possession receiver that kind of goes under the radar. You got Jennings, seventh round draft pick. You know, he made the practice squad, but that guy's a monster too. I mean, if you think about all the weapons, I mean, the possibilities are endless. Yeah. And so now here we are. Uh, let me ask you a question. There's because there's a lot of there's a lot of blame going around a lot of different places. Now, obviously, this is nobody's no one intentionally wanted the 49ers to combust the way that they have. But right. where where do you feel the blame really falls? Does it fall on? The offensive line? Does it fall on Jimmy G? Does it fall on Kyle Shannon? Does it fall on our strength and conditioning coach? Where where, where exactly, where do you think the issues have really lie for this season? Man, I really want to uh, beat up the strength and conditioning coach between you guys. Uh, <laughs> what is going on there? Because I've been hearing stories about like their practices. Have yeah. you heard about that? Some of the internal leaks about how like they're practicing nonstop in, in, in pads and in, in helmets the entire time. And like, there's an equation here of like, look at how many embarrassing injuries are happening. Yeah. I mean, it, now that's no excuse. There's a lot of blame to be pointed to a lot of people. Um, one thing that I, that I've noticed is in drafting, I think there's an arrogance in not drafting or putting more attention on the secondary. We, we, we've avoided it like three years in a row. We've avoided it, and it's coming to a head now because when you have a luxury of, like, a, an extreme front that, like, is constantly pressuring the quarterback, you can get by with mediocre cornerbacks, you know, or with, with a secondary that's, that doesn't hustle as much. But you get exposed once that rush is gone, and that's right. what's happening. Or fragile players like Joukowsky Tart, who just – and he, I know he's from the Trent Balky era, but he can't just – he just can't seem to stay on the field consistently. And Jimmy Ward had that same issue up until last season and this year when he's, he's – these are the healthiest two, two seasons he's had in his entire career. He's become – he's gone from glass cannon to Iron Man for, for, for some reason. I don't know what he's doing differently, but he's one of the better guys we have. I mean, and Emmanuel Mosley, I feel like – I feel like there's there's things I love about Emmanuel Mosley, but then there's times when he just gives up the big play. It's not as bad. He's like a better version of Dante Johnson. Where Dante Johnson goes in there, he's going to give up everything. And Emmanuel Mosley, he'll give up like half. Um, so I don't know. We clearly need a corner because Richard Sherman's too old. His injuries are catching up to him. His calf, the calf that he injured that where he tore his tendon, that's been bugging him all season long, and he's missed almost ha he's missed the half the season. As a result, I think he'll. I, th I think he's going to come back after the bye because he's been brought back from IR. But at the same time, um, you know, who's going to fill in that other corner? Akello Witherspoon just doesn't seem to want to tap into whatever potential we saw in him. Emmanuel Mosley's a bit hit and miss, and everyone else is, you know, they're backups and third strings for a reason. So we've been we've been preaching that too on the show. Is like I think in the, this coming upcoming draft. I think cornerbacks got to be in the top half of the amount of picks we've got versus them sitting in the bottom half and hoping that you strike gold on some cheap, cheap late draft pick. I just don't think you can bank on that anymore. Totally. Yeah. 
Yeah, I have a I have a question for you. So let's let's get also to the big elephant in the room, of course, right? So we all saw, and we'll tie it into this game right now that we just had against the Saints, right? We all saw the bludgeoning of this game, and once again, we see that unfortunately, Nick Mullins, Nick Mullins has not played at the level that he played last year or two years ago in 2018. He is just really, really struggling this year to maintain any type of consistency, and that O line is not doing him any favors. So. Now, looking at that, where do you stand on Jimmy G? Where do you stand on Jimmy Garoppolo? Does Do you feel that he's not at the level, or do you think it was just his injury his whole time? Because we've got – I mean, everyone's kind of really split on where Jimmy G is. Where are you on the Jimmy G situation? It's, uh, it's very hard for me to admit this because I was early on on the bandwagon of Jimmy G can do no wrong. Um, I really believe that he brought a lot to the team. I still do believe he brought a lot to the team. Uh, a winning, at, He's a winner, naturally. He just has that aura of winning. And because he had that, more people, free agent-wise, wanted to come to the 49ers to try to build something, a momentum. You know, So he did a lot for the team, and he does a lot for the team. But like, I equate it like this. If you have two minutes left in a game, you're down by six. Think about the top five quarterbacks you would want. Jimmy G doesn't come in the conversation for anybody. And if you're going to be the 49ers quarterback, and if you're going to be taken in the promised land and beat these elite teams like the Seahawks or the Chiefs, you know, or even the upcoming, uh, you know, we don't know about the Bucks, but maybe even the Bucks, if you're going to beat any of these teams or the, even the Cardinals, you know, you're going to have to have someone that's a gamer and puts up points. We have to score points. And you just don't see that from him. There's no consistency. And he buckles under pressure. Ray, how do you feel about that? Um, I feel like we've seen that this year, and it's been a combination of the ankle and the offensive line playing really badly, and then the, the same weapons that he had last year all year long are not there. Debo Samuel's been in and out of the lineup. Uh, Brandon Ayuk's been a one constant, although he didn't start the season the first couple games, but ever since he's been there, he's been great. He's been Debo 2.0, and he's actually a little bit more athletic and durable than Debo. So it, having them both on the field at the same time, just makes this offense so much more dynamic and we just need Debo back to give us that little extra oomph in the offense. Cause you know, Jeff Wilson jr. He's, he's not, you know, he's a backup. He's a special teamer for a reason. Special teams lost this game. The defense played amazing hell. They, they outgained the saints in almost every category except for points. Um, we even knocked Drew Brees out of the game. And I disagree with that call on DJ Jones. I thought it was a, what's the guy supposed to do with his whole entire body momentum as it's falling in the middle of the air? He can't telekinesis his way out of that. So I, I, don't, I don't understand that call. But I think, you know, some, in 2017, Jimmy had some comeback wins. In 2019, Jimmy had some comeback wins, like four or five of that, including the Saints game. Um, so he has it in him. You know, it's just not, it's not, you know, Montana Elway level and that's really I mean that's a tall order for anybody you know Tom Brady is a is a, a rare exception uh, Drew Brees you know to to a lesser degree Aaron Rodgers has that moxie you know but outside of those guys you know there's not there's the the list of quarterbacks you want in that two-minute drill I mean Ben Roethlisberger is another one to put in that category but you've, you've got maybe five guys that you would want in that scenario and yeah, I don't think, you know, I would, if I have to choose between those five quarterbacks, you know, a, a Brady, a Rodgers, a Breeze, a Roethlisberger, you know, uh, or even, or a Russell Wilson, who's the best in the game at that, at coming back, 
then yeah, I'm going to go probably choose. I probably choose Russell Wilson over any of those guys just because he's an unbelievable at it. And the defense is absolute trash and he just carries the team. It's insane. It, I hate to see it because I don't care for the Seahawks. You know, you got to go to the, the, the six, the 12th man cast, the 12th cast to, to get, to get all that praise. You're not going to get it here, but if I had to pick one, yeah, I wouldn't pick Jimmy G. And that's unfortunate because I felt like he had some of that moxie early on, but his, he lacks mobility to get out of trouble. You know, he kind of gets really, you know, you sit behind Tom Brady for X amount of years. You see Tom, you know, Tom has that same kind of presence in the pocket. He loves to sit in it and he loves to kind of make that throw. And he moves around a little bit, but it's very seldom. And Jimmy G has that same, he's been, he's just mimicking that, what exactly he's been exposed to all these years. And I feel like, when the offense breaks down the way it had the offensive line, I mean, you know, we need someone that has some of that, you know, I don't need Colin Kaepernick level mobility or even Steve Young type mobility, but something in between to just keep the play going instead of holding on to the ball, taking a sack or, you know, or not not flushing out to avoid a blindside sack, which is what got him into that trouble because Quillen Williams landed on his ankle um, in the Jets game that started this whole mess with his health. And then he got landed, rolled on again and just couldn't sustain it. So, you know, I, that's the other thing, too, is I feel not only has the offensive line not done him any favors, but his lack of mobility has cost him. And the fact that he's just kind of soft. We've said it in the cast before. I feel like Jimmy G is kind of soft in terms of durability. I don't doubt his mental toughness, but his physical toughness just doesn't seem to match his mental toughness. Yeah, that's the tough part, right? Like, what do we do? I was saying this. We said this a couple weeks ago, too. Like, if you look at Steve Young, right, Sean? Like, Steve Young, it took him several years to really develop into the quarterback he became. But that's that's because he was on the field playing in real time, gaining the experience points. If Jimmy G is going to spend every other season hurt, we it's like, you know, you've got two choices here. Jimmy G either evolves or he, he burns out. Right. And right now we can't we, we can't see either because he's on the bench. Like, what do what do you do? So let me ask you a question. If you're you're the assistant to John Lynch right now. Right. What's the play going into next year? Do we try? Do we? Do we obviously we'll probably have to draft a quarterback. I think that's regardless. But do we try and find a way to trade for another quarterback from one of these other teams? Uh, you know, we all know that Matt Ryan's not happy. We all know Aaron Rodgers is not happy. Now, I think there is no world in hell where either of these teams let those guys go. But I'm just saying, let's pretend for the sake of argument. What what do you do if you are the assistant to John Lynch? Besides have another scotch. <laughs> yeah, have another scotch for sure. Um, it's tough. It's tough, right? Because there's so many scenarios to play out. You know, the thing is that I, what I wake up with cold sweats is that Shanahan fell out of love with Garoppolo a long time ago, and he's just scheming to get Kirk Cousins or Matt Ryan on the Niners, and that terrifies me because I don't want either of those quarterbacks on the 49ers. Yes, I agree. I do not want Kirk Cousins at all. Okay, that, that Kirk Cousins. I don't know what he saw in Kirk. I, I know that he can get more out of Kirk than what Minnesota's getting out of him, but I just don't want it. I don't even want that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want none of that. <laughs> so we can move past those two. Then you got the Aaron Rodgers that's going to be looming because he's a 49er fan, right? And it's like, oh, the storybook, uh, Aaron Rodgers goes to his favorite team. I don't think that's going to happen either, quite frankly. I don't think Green Bay lets him go. They're not stupid. 
You know, may, oh, I, I don't care how much him and Matt LaFleur don't get along and how much Aaron Rodgers is like, fuck, I want to get the fuck out of here. The only way they would do it is if he got hurt and the kid started. And then they were like, we're going to go with the kid. Like, that's the right. only way you get rid of Aaron Rodgers. You know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. So I think what's going to go down is the following. I think they're going to because, number one, we got to think of like this value wise. There's already a stink around Jimmy G where it's like, do they really want him to begin with? You know, they don't seem completely committal verbally in some of the interviews that are coming out recently. And so I'm thinking, like, are they kind of seeing what the demand is? If the demand ain't that great going into next season, they'll keep Jimmy G, but they'll draft the quarterback to kind of scare him or a veteran that slips through the cracks and then have that going in. If there is an injury during the season for a quarterback needy team, then they trade Jimmy G. That's what I think. Oh, so you're saying you think they trade someone else gets hurt and then we trade Jimmy G when he's healthy. Yes. Oh man. Oh man. Yeah, I I'm with you. I Yeah, he has he has no stock. He has no stock right now cuz everyone sees the pattern. He doesn't really have stock. They see yeah. 2016 shoulder, 2018 uh ACL or MCL, whichever the one. And now they see 2019 ankle. That's what they see, or 2020, I'm sorry. It's literally be 2016, 2018, 2020, literally every other year. And that ha that has no trade value right now, especially because it's the most important position. So I agree. I don't I don't think they trade him uh, trade him right now. They're, there's, they can't do anything with it. Plus, you're, it's like, who wants to take on a bum ankle quarterback who's questionable in terms of his ceiling and who you don't know if, you're gonna, if he's going to be healthy when you trade him and you got to take on the $26 million that comes with him? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that is the that's the tricky part. Where with the what really sucks for the 49ers is that we're really as of right now and you know things change on a dime very quickly in the offseason with these teams, but we're in a really tight spot, right? We're not we we won enough games that we're not going to get a real high draft pick. I I would imagine we're going to trade between somewhere between around 8 and 12, I think is where we end up in the draft, right? Somewhere in there. So we you know, we're not going to get you know, the top quarterbacks in, in the league. We're looking at Zach Wilson. Everyone knows we're, we haven't made any secret of it. We're looking at Zach Wilson from BYU. I don't watch college, so I don't know if the kid's good. Uh, you know, like I, I trust, I trust Shanahan. <laughs> Who knows, right? Yeah. All right. I, I guess. Mean, <laughs> um, Adam Peters, Adam Peters is without a doubt a brilliant, brilliant scout. He is, he has orchestrated this entire team and he really is the secret behind John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. And uh, so if, if if Adam Peters goes to BYU and comes back and says, that's the guy, then I believe that's the guy, you know, because he's he he ever since he left Denver, Denver's been a pile of shit. And ever since we've come to the Niners, our players have gotten better and better, much quicker. Right. Um, so the but the the idea that we're somehow going to be able to to not to get rid of Jimmy G next year in in exchange for somebody else like our dad, you know, our dad, Miss, Miss, you know, oh, yes, yes, you know, pops, pop, pops here, Rudy Sleese, uh, Jr., the unofficial fourth member of the gold cast. He believes that we trade for one of these quarterbacks. He thinks we're going to go for, he thinks Matt Reiner, Aaron Rodgers is who he thinks. And I don't know where, I don't know on what world we get either of these guys, but this is what he said. We were literally just discussing this tonight, uh, just a couple hours ago. So he said to me, he goes, here's what I think happens. He goes, I think we're not going to give him Jimmy G. We'll release Jimmy G, and we're but we're gonna trade like you know just like we got Jimmy G for a second round draft pick. We're gonna trade. We're gonna trade picks away for these guys. I'm like, man, do you realize the ransom 
that would they would want for an Aaron Rodgers. Like it would, I, we'd have no draft picks for like five years. <laughs> what are we doing? Like we 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 would be depleted of all of our important draft picks. I just don't see a world where Green Bay's like, yeah, let's just let one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time go because he doesn't like Matt Lafleur. Yeah, let's just do yeah, that. Yeah, and it's not like Ro- you know Rodgers doesn't look like Tom Brady looks like he's starting to age. You know his skill set. His style, his skill set is not holding up in the Bucks. It's kind of up and down. And Rodgers doesn't look like that. Rodgers looks like vintage Rodgers this year. He's in, in many cases because they have, A, they have a good defense for the first time in a long time. And they've got a balanced running game that Matt LaFleur bit off of Kyle Shanahan because Kyle Shanahan steamrolled him twice last year. Um, so uh, so Rodgers like, looks vintage Rodgers. He looks great this season. Um He's even been good in fantasy for those of you that uh, keep up in fantasy. Um, but um, but I, I just I can't I, as much as I would love Rodgers, you know, because Rodgers and Brady both grew up loving the Niners. Uh, you know, Brady was at the game uh, with the catch. So uh, so Brady tried to come here. That was actually yeah. his first choice. He tried to come here. <laughs> would we already have a ring if it was Brady instead of Jimmy G or or, or Rodgers instead of <laughs> Alex Smith? Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> then we could really get deep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, well, we might have a ring if it was Smith instead of Kaepernick. I mean, let's be honest. Oh, I kind of, I really do think that Alex Smith would have won that game. I really do. Yeah. actually. Mm-hmm. I agree. But also, they could have just given the ball to I don't know Gore. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Why did Why do you pass the Crabtree three times in a row? Yeah. And in the corner, Crabtree was soft. Crabtree was soft in the corner. And now that you also have Cap, just run Cap. Just yeah. run him. Who cares? Well, it's, yeah. it's infuriating. It's a lot of the time it's the coaches trying to get cute. And sometimes I think Shanahan does that too. Yeah. Well, I thought the, I, I thought the, I hate to say this. I don't want to, I never want to bash Shanahan. He is like the second coming of Bill Walsh to me, but, oh, absolutely. but, but that play in Seattle where he sent Jimmy G out to, to wide out, I was like, what the fuck? Who the fuck thinks for one second they're going to throw to Jimmy G? Like, Jimmy yeah. G can't run at all. Who are we kidding here? Like, and they yeah. just swarmed. They swarmed. Who was it? Was uh, it Jarek <laughs> McKinnon? Who was it, Ray? Who was it in the back? It was room? a direct snap to Jarek McKinnon. It was a direct snap to Jarek McKinnon. And I'm like, who on God's green earth believed for one second that that play was going to be anything other than Jarek McKinnon running? I mean, I was like, I don't even play professional yeah. football. I was like, that was the yeah. d- that was the worst play I've ever seen Shanahan call ever. That was the it, worst. It was play. his ego. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's it was just silly. Yeah, but yeah, he's still a genius. Still a genius. <laughs> he is still, still outside of that play. Everything else is amazing. <laughs> he's still it's batting ninety nine point nine percent. Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, like, I mean, it goes back to his dad, like running backs. You remember when he was the head coach of the Broncos? They would bring in just a like a truck of like no name dudes. You get a thousand yards. You get a thousand yards. <laughs> yeah. Like right, and then like he taught it to his son. I mean, Mostert. I mean, this dude's been on how many teams? This dude would not have gotten the yards that he's gotten if he went to any other team. Yeah. No. No, and every and every single game that Mostert's in, you know, it's every single game within the first two quarters, he breaks off for a seventy-yard run. Every <laughs> single game, it never fails. He does it every week. Every week he does yes. it. Yeah. He's just not healthy to do that right now, <laughs> like everybody else. Half the team's dead. Yeah, uh, that's the other thing. Now, wh- is this really? Does this really fall on the strength and conditioning, Coach Sean? Where 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 do we end up when we're in this position right now? We're literally. Every year of Shanahan's tenure, except for 2019, has we have been the most, and we've actually been the most injured team going back to Har- Harbaugh's last year was that way. 
uh, Chip Kelly's year, Tom Sula. I mean, we've literally spent at least five of the last six years in the top five most injured teams in the league. What the fuck are we doing wrong? What are we doing wrong? Yeah, so I don't know what what's going on with the team. You know, I, I jokingly talk about the strength and conditioning coach, and I want to punch him in the face, but I'm sure they're a nice person, but, like, so what it, what is going on? I know that this is a new strength and conditioning coach, and they had one before, but what are they doing to these guys? Like, because, I mean, it seems like a happy team, so I, I doubt they're doing anything super crazy, but I don't know, is something in the water? Did someone do a voodoo curse on us way back when? I don't know, but it's bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's wasn't really... it uh, Chase, Chase Claypool, the rookie wide receiver out of Pittsburgh, that said that they don't wear pads on Thursday? Um, and, and it's been a huge benefit to their durability uh, throughout throughout the this latter half of the season. So I don't know, maybe maybe an adjustment like that needs to happen. I mean, Rudy, you were saying before the cast that someone's head's got to roll. Do they really go that same route and fire another strength and conditioning coach slash staff and try to do something different? They, they were supposed to have some kind of innovative bridge between the medical staff and the strength and conditioning staff that doesn't normally exist um, in other uh, locker rooms. Well, it looks like that bridge has been burned. That's what it looks like. It's been burned <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> or the bridge the bridge towards ACL and fell into the water is what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the bridge uh, is injured now. Yeah, the bridge is injured. Um, okay, here's what I think happened. So as I understand it, and uh, I haven't fact-checked this. This is just going off pure memory right now because, you know, just talking. I believe the guy that we got, he was from the Philadelphia Flyers, right, from the NHL. And we brought him over because he, they had spent like three years of like no injuries on the NHL or like the lowest amount of injuries, blah, blah, blah. Uh, as I understand it, um, they brought him over, but he's not the head of the strength and conditioning program. There's a guy above him. So I think what happens is they get rid of that guy and then they promote the NHL guy. That's how I think this rolls. Because I believe he's part of the staff, but he is not the head of the strength and conditioning program. He's right. just part of the stock. So I think what happens is someone's head's got to roll somewhere. You're going to lob that dude's head off, and you're going to promote the NHL guy. Whose name? I can't remember his name, uh, but uh, I don't remember. I don't remember his name either. I'm it's, not even going to attempt it. Not anyway. that it's important. Be, so I'm going to say, I'm going to say <laughs> Brian, and it's gonna, his name is going to be like Lefty or something. It's going to be not Reeves. Lefty. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a hockey uh, hooligan name. <laughs> right, doesn't it? <laughs> old lefty <laughs> old lefty oh yeah you know i don't know man they do a lot of deadlifts over there <laughs> even you on put Fridays. a skate on your neck <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah so that's that's what i think happens but i wanted to touch on something else you had just said about that uh ah, i'm losing it, it does it's all right it, it's okay i want there was something raymond you raymond repeat what you had just said you'd ask me something else too you said someone's head's got to roll before we the cast. Yeah, but no, I, I think that's yeah, that's that that is for sure for me. So now, here's the question. Here's the question, Sean. So what what do we do now? We just I guess we just slodge through the rest of these games and just hope for the best. I mean, is that all? Is that all, is that all this team can do? Teams and fans, we just sit here and just kind of go, all right, well, this is gonna fucking suck, but we're gonna keep going. Yeah, it's like the tail end of the Jeff Garcia years where you're like, eh, it was all right. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're just going to have to, I mean, just like this season, we're going to have to slog through this and go, better days are ahead. It's kind of like uh, our Super Bowl year, right? The year before, we're like, we know better days are ahead. We know we're going to do this. And I think that we can turn the ship around and we will turn the ship around. Um, positive thinking, of course, but it's going to be a, a long season to watch. 
you know. But hopefully, what I like to see is who's going to rise to the occasion and carry this into the next season. It looks like Ayuk's going to do it. It looks like Kinlaw's doing He's it. He's the brightest star I've seen this year so far. Kinlaw, I mean, Kinlaw had two sacks or a sack and a half in this last game. I know they were more like coverage sacks, but, you know, anything to kind of get him going because he's really he's, – he's supposed to turn into the next Buckner and really compliment Eric Armstead because Armstead doesn't have the skill set to kind of carry – carry the pass rush the way that Buckner did before before the gold rush got there where he had 12 sacks by himself getting double teamed with like no one on the line helping him and then once the gold rush came together it was like you know it was amazing and Armstead doesn't necessarily have that but he was the more versatile of the two towers which is why they kept him it was a, it was a schematic thing although I think Buckner's a bit more talented but um he came out of the college more polished than Eric Armstead. Eric Armstead was raw, needed to needed a lot of work, and I guess Javon Kinlaw is in a similar scenario where he needs more polish and discipline. I mean, the good news is we don't have you know Jim Tonsula and Chip Kelly trying to teach him. We have the Robert Sala crew teaching him, which is obviously a really really good crew, especially Chris Chris Kosarek, the defensive line coach, who will most likely become the new defensive coordinator if Sala gets hired in this off season. Because that's something that also people kind of forget about because we're overshadowed by Jimmy G, but Robert Sala's on his way out too. <clears throat> no, well, yeah, we'll see. I, 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 I think I, I don't know how much interest there's going to be in Robert Sala at the end of this year, but then again, everyone's always in need of a head coach and they'll, they'll go from, they'll take, even if a team had a bad year, they'll take him because of the good year. And <clears throat> right. And to be honest, I thought this, I think this has been Robert Sala's best coaching year ever. Like I, I feel like, man, he is finally like, Kind of becoming the Kyle Shanahan of defensive coordinators, the way he's scheming and 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 using all the tools around him. That defense has managed to, yeah, they played really well all season. The first half against the Saints, they shut them down hard. It was special teams that was the the difference maker in that game for both sides. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Sala is underrated. I think he gets a lot of blame when he shouldn't. Um, he makes the best of what he has. Uh, and that's all you can really ask for as a successful head coach or, you know, defensive coordinator in his case. But I do believe people will offer him a head coaching position sooner than later for sure. And Sean, Sean, I got a question for you. So you've given us your take on, you know, what you think is going to happen with the Jimmy G scenario. What's your ideal scenario? What would you prefer to see happen? I mean, I would prefer to see him like, you know, have a breakthrough and like break through all his limitations and become the person that we all thought he was going to be and stay on the team. And it's happily ever after that's would be my ideal situation. If you were to ask my brother, who's a long time 49er fan, he has this crazy theory that he wants to see Sam Darnold get on. the. 49ers. Oh my God. That sounds and he's, uh, God. And he thinks that like, you know, jets are garbage. We all know that. And you know, this guy was just playing up to the standards of a garbage team. And if he had an opportunity with an offensive genius like uh, Kyle Shanahan, maybe the sky's the limit. I don't know. I think I'd rather just see Jimmy G stay and be successful, but I'm starting to think that's not possible anymore. Uh, I'm not sure either. I Well, and I think I I think the biggest the biggest hindrance to Jimmy G's evolution is simply his health. We just can't trust that he's going to stay healthy in any way, shape or form, you know, so. Either way, Sean, it's been really great to ha have you on the show, brother. It's been great to see you. It's been so long. You're going to have to come back on a little bit later in the season. And oh, yeah. And chat with We've us. got to have you back on for sure. Absolutely. It's been an honor and a privilege to see to work with you on this. And uh, had a blast. And I can't wait to uh, come back to the show and we can talk some more, some more shit. Hell, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. 
And so concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis I, baby. And our esteemed guest host, Sean Shipley. Goodbye, everybody. Good night. Good night. See you guys. This is, this is the Gold Cast. 